0: We're going to split the, ser- the sermon. We're going to go back and forth a little bit and share it. And uh, we believe that God's given us a word for our congregation and, and how we can appeal to all generations as we move forward. So, we're going to start off by reading the scripture of the text that we're going to be using for the message today. So, if you have a Bible, you can join with us. We're going to be uh, reading from Second Kings. 2, 1 to 14. Kings 2, 1 to 14 is our scripture. Even if you don't have a personal, like a hand Bible, like a paper Bible, we have some. If you don't have one and you need one, just come and see me afterwards, and we'll make sure that you go home with the Bible today. If not, you can always go online, bible.com. Bible.com is a, is a great resource, and you'll have lots of versions of the Bible there that you can read and follow along. And it's always great to bring your Bible to church and follow along with what we're talking about. But uh, let's so let's dive into reading our scripture that we're going to look at this passage and use for uh, our teaching today. When the Lord, word of the so I can talk I really can do this yeah. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were traveling from Gilgal, and Elijah said to Elisha, "Stay here, for the Lord has told me to go to Bethel." But Elisha replied, as surely as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will never leave you. And so they went down together to Bethel. And the group of prophets from Bethel came to Elisha and asked him, did you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you today? He said, of course I know, answered Elisha, but be quiet about it. Then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here for the Lord has told me to go to Jericho. But Elisha replied again, As surely as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will never leave you. And so they went on together to Jericho. Then the group of prophets from Jericho came to Elisha and asked him, Did you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you today? Of course I know, Elisha answered, but be quiet about it. Then Elisha said to Eli- Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, for the Lord has told me to go to the Jordan River. But again, Elisha replied, As surely as the Lord lives, you and you yourself live, I will never leave you. And so they went on together. Fifty men from the group of prophets also went and watched from a distance as Elijah and Elisha stopped beside the Jordan River. Then Elijah folded his cloak together and struck the water with it. The river divided and the two of them went across on dry ground. When they came to the other side, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me, what can I do for you before I am taken away? And Elisha replied, Please, let me inherit a double share of your spirit and become your successor. You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah replied. If you see me when I am taken from you, then you will get your request. But if not, then you won't. And as they were walking along and talking, suddenly a chariot of fire appeared, drawn by horses of fire. It drove between the two men, separating them, and Elijah was carried by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried out, My father, my father, I see the chariots and the charioteers of Israel. And as they disappeared from sight, Elisha tore his clothes in distress Elisha picked up Elijah's cloak, which had fallen when he was taken up. And then Elijah re- Elisha returned to the bank of the Jordan River, and he struck the water with Elijah's cloak and cried out, Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And then the river divided, and Elisha went across. What a story. Tristan.
1: So reading that story, we have three stories different accounts and perspectives that we can look at this story from. The first one is the older generation to the younger generation. So the first is uh, a question of perseverance. Uh, Elijah was continuously testing Elisha and would tell him to stay. But it often didn't seem more like a question, it often felt like like a command. He was telling him to stay, uh, and a commitment. He was testing Elisha's commitment. Uh, Would he be persistent in pursuing what was needed for his calling? And will we? Now, Elijah was an example for Elisha in what it looked like to listen and obey the voice of God. He repeatedly spoke, the voice of God told me. Uh, as he acted out the Lord's will. Elijah did not burden his calling of following God's direction uh, on Elisha, but instead took personal responsibility of obedience towards God. Uh, his actions were teaching Elisha on... Uh, <laughs> though he may have not said very much, his actions were speaking very loudly. Would he listen and obey to the voice of God, and will we? Now, Elijah knew that his time was limited. This knowledge he held in fear, but also in a healthy understanding that, he, that with the time he had, he had to follow God with his whole heart and lead others on how to do so. Now, would he pursue the kingdom of God before anything else, and will we? Now, our second perspective when we're looking at these verses is uh, the younger generation to the older generation. Um, Elijah knew that Elijah wasn't going to be with them very much longer, as he said multiple times that he knew. Um, as a result, he valued every single moment with. Elijah that much more. He didn't try to leave to start his own journey before he was prepared or before his time was to come. He honored the calling of Elijah until it was time to change and move on forward. For the younger generation, will we stay and honor those before us until the time is right for change? Elijah was committed to staying alongside Elijah. It was not just some brilliant idea he came up with, but it was something that he resolved in his heart. To stay and honor takes resolve, perseverance, and humility. Will we have the humility, perseverance, and resolve? Many groups of prophets and Lots of people alongside him reminded Elijah that uh, Elijah was going to leave uh, don 't you know that uh, elijah's going to leave? like are you ready to move on like do you do you not know elijah like let him go but rather than all of these things saying that his time was so limited, uh, pushing him away from Elijah it actually pushed them closer together and allowed them to become together closer with each other and learn more. Uh, Sometimes uh, we need consistent reminders to honor and value other generations around us. Will we remember to honor and value those that have led and are leading us? Why was Elijah so determined to follow Elijah? Did he want the power, prestige? authority Elijah didn't follow Elijah for any of his fame or power or anything like that he desired the spirit within him that was following god why because he saw firsthand what a like god-led spirit and life could do one that was submitted to god a life surrendered to his, to the purpose of God's will, and witnessed the direct effects of a life wield, yielded to God, and wanted the the same thing inside of himself. Will we seek the pre- the presence and power through surrender? And the third and final perspective that we're going to look at is God's view. Um, now, uh, what God started. In the life of Elijah he would continue into the life of Elijah God views uh, values the healthy transitions in life the mantle the role and responsibility of uh, being carried throughout all of the generations God is the same for everybody today uh, for everybody's yesterday today and tomorrow throughout every single generation And he desires to be. His desire to be with us never ever changes. He always wants to be next to us. Um, The mantle to see his kingdom come passes through the generations, through each generation. Will we allow God to form us to be people who can carry that mantle? And ultimately, God's mission will prevail. It will happen. It happened in Elijah and Elijah's time, and it will happen again in ours. It was not a person or generation thing. It was about God and God's people being restored to him. Today, God's desires is not a a single person would die, but that all would be saved. His kingdom will come. His will will be done. Will we be on mission with God?
0: That was so good, Tristan. Thank you for that insight into those, those passages. There is those different perspectives there, isn't there? So how do we learn from this? Where can we grow from this biblical moment? The first one I would say is this, that there's a calling. There's a calling in this moment. We saw that Elisha knew where God was calling him, and was determined that no matter what, uh, no matter who or didn't, did or didn't come with him, he was going to do it. Elisha knew that one day he would find himself in a position to carry Elijah's responsibilities. And he refused to miss any opportunity to be with him and glean from him. So today, for us, we can learn that God does not just give us individual callings. He gives us a collective call to go and make disciples of all nations. We will never learn to walk in the Spirit by ourselves. We'll never learn to walk the way God wants us to, by ourselves. We need to learn both, we need to learn and study on our own, but also be discipled by others. I want you to hear this. Your deepest knowledge growth. Your understanding will come from your personal study of God's Word. You're going to grow the most when you dive into God's Word and you personally study it. That's, that's your knowledge. But your deepest practical growth, how you act on the knowledge that you've gotten, it's going to happen in community, where you're forced to share, to sacrifice to love, to forgive, and to resolve. You can know all sorts of things about God and his word in your head, but how you live that out in practice, that's where truth is applied. So if you think you can just go on your own and, and, and stay at home and learn and live your life as a Christian all by yourself, that's easy, isn't it? That's easy just to insulate yourself and be a hermit and say, oh, I'm loving to everybody. Because there's only you there. But when there's lots of other people around who infringe on your personal rights and freedoms, it becomes a lot harder to live that out. We need this community to sharpen us. Why? Because whenever something goes wrong, somebody's there to poke you and say, hey, get back on track. But they're not doing so in a judgmental way. They're doing in a, hey, come on, get back on track with us. Because we need to be together. We can't do this on our own. God has placed people in each one of our lives to model that out. So for us, we have this question. We all have a personal responsibility in a collective calling as followers of Jesus. We need to buy into that. The second one I think we can pull away is this. Honor. So we had calling and now honor. We saw that Elijah sought to honor God and never diminished the call on Elisha's life. He didn't look down on Elisha, he didn't try to stop him or anything like that. He honored God's call on his life and he honored Elisha for what he was doing. Elisha would not be the same prophet that Elijah was, but he would be equally used by God. Elisha may not have done uh, everything the same way that Elijah had done it, but Elisha would not focus on what could be different the things that he, that he couldn't change, he was committed to being with Elijah and learning from him. Today for us, we can learn that God has given each person here and each generation a mission and the resources to accomplish that mission. We have to recognize it and not fall into the trap of fixating on differences that we can't change, but celebrate the gift of doing life together for us a common calling leads us to a place not of comparison but of collaboration we are to celebrate God has used and will continue to use each generation so we have calling honor and the third one is unity the Bible tells us that Elijah was taken up to heaven and he was he was talking while he was talking with Elisha And Elisha and Elijah, they were were not committed to solving all the world's problems and figuring it out all on their own. What were they committed to? They were committed to obedience to God, following what God had them to do. That was their their mission. The church is not meant to exist separated into generations, separated into gender, separated into ethnicities. We are not meant to exist in parallel forms each worshiping God but in our own track and never interacting with each other. We are meant to learn and glean and grow and celebrate with each other. Where our differences are, they will expose areas of growth for us. Unity only comes with determination to have time, connection, and common purpose. How can you create time to connect and talk about Jesus with someone From a different gender ethnicity generation than you it is not just about being in the same place the same space it's about doing life together now many may conclude as you see at the end of the story there of Elijah and Elisha that it's all about the fact that Elisha will have twice the power or anointing as Elijah had And we may think it's about that, about us needing to ask and and get that double portion from God. But the point of this story is that's not it at all. The point of this story is about the fact that Elijah lived his life in such a way that another would be able to receive his mantle. Think of that. He lived in a way that somebody else could pick up what he was carrying and carry that as well. Not creating himself into something that nobody could ever follow because they were they were the superstar. They carried it all, and nobody else can fill their shoes. It's not about being Michael Jordan's or LeBron James of Christianity, where nobody else can fill your shoes. It's about all of us being together doing this. So in this, it's not just about being. Oh, I already read that one. Uh, Elijah lived in such a way that he was able to receive. From Elijah. And I think that is so profound. Will one generation pass down to another generation something that they can pick up? That what they were carrying and how they carry it, the next generation can look at them and say, I can pick that up. I can follow in your footsteps. Or will they look at the next generation and go, there's too big of a gap between you and I. I don't even know how to pick up what you're carrying because you haven't walked closely enough with me. I think it's so profound for us. This created a space for Elisha not just to maintain what Elijah had done, but to continue to build upon the calling that God had given him to live out. And in many ways, each of us can and should uh, see our lives through the lenses of Elijah and Elisha. So there's three things that I'd like to leave us with today. And the first is this let us recognize our calling to model a life submitted to Christ for the next generation. Second one, let us recognize, be grateful, and honor what each generation prior to us has done in terms of building the house. The third, let us both mentor and be mentored in community. We are not called to be separated by our generations. We are called to glean and learn from each other. So what would it look like for you to honor the previous generation of saints by taking up your call to follow Jesus wholeheartedly? What would it look like for you to prepare the next generation, to prepare to lift your mantle and let it fall on them? What would it look like for you to honor each generation by listening and celebrating them? What would it look like for us to fix our focus on God and the calling that he has given us as his church? Today we're going to pray to close. And as a church, Life Centers crafted two prayers for us today. One was written uh, by the next generation, by one of our young adults in the church, as a prayer to pray over the generations that are older than our youth and young adults. And then the second was written from uh, an older generation, more my age, to pray over uh, the younger generations. So we'll start with the younger generation praying over those who have led them. So you okay. can pray you can pray with us today.
1: Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the elders you've placed in our lives. We thank you for those who stood alongside our parents and supported our upbringings. We thank you for the church mothers and fathers who have encouraged us and prayed for us. Let us not take for granted the value in hearing the testimonies of those who have come before us. Lord, let their faith teach us how to live in faith. Let their patience inspire us to wait and let their unwavering joy spread to us. We thank you for the leadership you have given us so that we may grow into young men and women after your own heart. Help them to understand the impact they have made on a young person's life. Lord, help them grasp the power and authority that you have given them. Give them confidence as they continue to enter their places of work and their homes, that they may know you go with them. That they may feel your presence in every area of their lives. Empower this generation, O oh God, that they may know, they may each know your purpose and plan on their lives are still coming to completion as long as there there is breath in their lungs, you, O God, are going to do new things. Lord, give them the faith to believe that despite their past mistakes, that you are still good. You said that a good father gives good gifts to his kids, so Lord, bless this generation and grant them favor. Give them the wisdom of Solomon, give them the bravery of David, and may you supply them every need according to your riches and glory in Christ. The body of Christ is not complete without them. Please help them never forget how, how vital they are to the kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.
0: Now our prayer for the younger generation that are following us. Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you for the most precious gift that our preschoolers, our students, and our young adults are to the body of Christ. Thank you for the innate desire you gave them to connect with you. As they listen to your word, may the seeds planted in them yield a bountiful harvest in their spirit. May they learn to cast all their cares upon you, knowing that regardless of the circumstances around them, Your purpose and plans for them cannot be derailed. May they say yes to your call while they are young, just like Jeremiah did when you said to him, Do not say, I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you to. May they be wisely stewards of the unprecedented influence that you have given them, uh, their generation, through social media platforms to use their influence to bring glory and honor to God. Create a hunger in them for the deep things of God, for repentance, righteousness, and obedience. Refresh them with the living waters of revival. May they reap where their parents and grandparents have sown. And what the enemy stole from the generations before them may be paid back multiple fold in this generation together as an older generation we prophesy the following over you by the power of the holy spirit we prophesy a distinctive season of prodigals returning home to be robed by god in their true identity and position to claim their true inheritance in him We prophesy that you will flee temptation and contend to see God's kingdom come, and he will do it in your generation. We prophesy you will be carriers of God's presence and will see the chains of oppression, addictions, confusion, depression, self-hate, and anxiety broken over your generation. We prophesy you will be a generation humble and submitted to God as his hands and feet in your educational institutions, sharing the good news with signs and wonders following. We ask for an impact so great that for every young life the enemy has ended prematurely, a thousand young lives will be saved. You will be marked by clarity of purpose in your identity centered in Christ. Truth and righteousness and unity will be a hallmark of your generation. In your youth, you will set an example to all believers in love, faith, and purity. And for our young men, we prophesy 1 John 2, 14 over you. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. And for our young women, we prophesy Esther four fourteen over you. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. As the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth to show himself strong on behalf of all those whose heart is loyal to him, may he find faith in your generation. In Jesus' name we pray this.
1: Amen. Amen.